is the greatest. Muhammad Ali, the great boxer, used to make us all laugh by bragging, I am the greatest, I am the greatest. And he was the greatest prize fighter in the world, Olympic champion, heavyweight champion of the world when he was young. In sports, all competitors try to be the best. Indeed, we all try to do our personal best in whatever we do, but there's a big difference between doing our best and trying to be the greatest. The difference is comparing. When Jesus' friends were arguing about which one, of them, one, which one of them was the greatest, Jesus told them that it was a foolish argument. He said, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. He also said, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So in the church, priests and bishops walk at the end of the line when we walk into church, trying to be the last, but we know that that is really the first. So the problem is that since the last place is the first, we're not really being humble. The whole question leads to confusion and foolishness in the church. It's reasonable and fun to compete and compare in sports. Our oldest son, when he was young, was a competitive swimmer, and he liked the fact that they were electronically timed. Whoever hits the pad first after a, at the end of a race, even a hundredth of a second wins. There's no human judge, so the race depends on facts. And there are other areas where we com can compare accurately, like height and age and wealth. We can measure who's the fastest runner, the tallest, the oldest, the best at chess, the best at shooting baskets. But we don't know how to measure goodness. That's what Jesus was trying to say. When a friend asked Jesus, good master, what must I do to win eternal life? He said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. He did not even call himself good. So he must have had an understanding of goodness that goes beyond our small minds. Because our thoughts are often secret, our true minds are hidden from each other sometimes and even from ourselves. No one knows what moral courage a person may need just to get up in the morning and go to work. The person in the pew next to you may be as good as Mother Teresa, but we can't judge it. A person in jail might be as good as Mother Teresa, but we can't judge it. What Jesus said is the word good, as it applies to human morality, is very, very difficult, and comparing goodness leads to falsehood and confusion. It's like ants or sparrows trying to understand the true goodness of God. One of my favorite Bible passages of all is from Paul's letter, to um, the second letter to Corinth. He writes about bragging. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. 
God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing the things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. Let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Johann Sebastian Bach was one of the greatest composers to ever live, but he gave glory to God in every piece of music that he wrote. And maybe some of you remember Eric Liddell, the hero of the movie Chariots of Fire. He won an Olympic gold medal for running, but he gave the glory to God instead of bragging. And I saw Bishop Desmond Tutu the day he was awarded the Nobel Prize for Peace at General Seminary, or the day it was announced at General Seminary in New York in 1983. And he said, this prize is not for me, but for all the people who have peacefully worked for change in South Africa. Christians are team players. We're all parts of one body. And we need every piece of the body to work its best. In 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote, If one part of the body suffers, all suffer together. If one part is honored, all rejoice with it. Well, one of the dangers of self-righteousness is that when we're sure we are good or right, then those who think differently or disagree with us seem either stupid or bad. Sometimes very intelligent people of goodwill come at issues from different ways. We do wish our national politics would learn that. Humility has many benefits. For one, when we're humble about our opinions, we're less apt to kill someone else because of it. And we're more likely to see the true whole picture. Not defending our egos frees us to use that energy in better ways, to perceive the world and other human beings more as God sees them. So Jesus took a little child into his arms. I think he was the first religious leader in the world to take a child and make him or her the model for adult people. It wasn't that individual child. It wasn't his or her ego he was selecting, but the openness, humility, curiosity, and enthusiasm of all children that Jesus was holding up as an example. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. One of my dear friends many years ago, when she was dying, was afraid that she had not been good enough to go to heaven. Although she had gone to church her whole life, she never really absorbed the good news that we are accepted. We are accepted not because we are the greatest, and not because we are even good. Theologian Paul Tillich famously wrote and preached, you are accepted. You are accepted by that which is greater than you and the name of which you don't even know, but humbly accept that you are accepted. Jesus himself prepares a place for us in heaven. That is why we call him savior. That is what he was trying to teach his friends. Mother Teresa of Calcutta herself wrote a prayer which I use every time I'm tempted to want to compare myself 
or to compete with a brother or sister. Or any other time my ego gets in the way. The ego gets in the way all the time. I want to quote a few lines from her prayer. She wrote, deliver me, O Jesus, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred, from the desire of being consulted, from the desire of being approved, from the desire of being popular. This prayer is so profoundly opposite of our contemporary self-esteem beliefs that it's bound to stir up bewilderment in us, and it does. But don't dismiss it. From the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred, from the desire of even being consulted, from the desire of being approved, we don't call it spiritual work for nothing, work for nothing, for it's hard. But it brings freedom. Freedom from ego makes it easier to die. Freedom from ego makes it easier to love. Even those that we don't think are lovable or don't even like, freedom from ego gives us, helps us to see ourselves and, and others a little more the way God sees them. May God bless us with a deep understanding of this important gospel. Amen.